Good morning, class. This is Dr. Lee. And uh, just in case you never saw me before, this is what I look like. And today, it is my true pleasure to welcome the CIO of our university to come to this studio and uh, to share his uh, insight about IT service management. Uh, welcome, Dr. Kang. And, uh, uh, Thank you for taking time off from your busy schedule uh, to uh, come here and uh, answer questions from the students. All right, Dr. Kang, um, in our class, we talk about uh, IT exists to provide service, not technology. What do you think about this statement? Well, I, I agree somewhat with that. <clears throat> you know, it's true that good IT organizations run with a uh, service management framework. Uh, these days, there's very much a focus on providing services, uh, but the technology also enables uh, people to do work. Uh, I think it's important to remember that the field of information technology is a socio-technical discipline, meaning that the technology in and of itself doesn't really provide value to the business. It's how you use it that gives it business, that gives it value. So. Uh, in, in that respect, um, you can't really make uh, a, a definitive statement that it's all about services and not about technology or all about technology and all about services. It's really a combination of both. You have to provide uh, innovative technologies, uh, stable platforms, good enterprise application solutions, uh, all of those things that uh, enable productivity in the workplace. Uh, but at the same time, uh, a focus on uh, delivering those services and finding a way to achieve value uh, through those services as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's great. Um, I think you, you mentioned about IT innovation a little bit. Uh, so um, we know the innovation certainly will lead to um, uh, competitive advantage. So what, what do you think the SPSU in that regard, uh, in this perspective? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, IT uh, has many uh, different types of frameworks and processes that it, that it works with. Uh, in this class on uh, service management, it's important to study things like uh, the EIDL framework, which is a good example of a service delivery um, model uh, for IT. Uh, but there are other considerations as well in terms of shifting the view of information technology from that of a cost center uh, to that of an investment. And that's one of the major gains that we've seen in the 21st century in information technology is in the last century uh, there was a predominant view that information technology was just these guys down the hall who fixed your computer and if something broke you'd call them and they'd get it up and running for you. But now, uh, IT is so ingrained into the very fabric of the business. It's what gives competitive advantage. Um, in a globalized society where uh, everything is about global competition uh, and global interaction and global engagement uh, and collaboration, uh, IT is the accommodating solution and is um, you know, one of those things that's important to have uh, at the table whenever strategic planning uh, is occurring. So smart companies uh, find ways to uh, employ IT uh, in a strategic capacity. Um, one way uh, to do that is also through the information technology portfolio management concept, and that's a new and evolving field uh, that's just now developing that is really the intersect of economics and information technology. 
And essentially, uh, we look at all of our services, we look at all of our projects, and we put those into asset classes. And there are four predominant asset classes that they go into. Uh, one of those asset classes is a strategic asset class. And we look at the risk return value of uh, you know, doing things that are somewhat risky but can yield a competitive advantage or innovation to uh, the organization as well. So there are a variety of different tools that um, IT professionals will study, uh, use, employ that uh, really uh, move you down the track of, of uh, the view of IT as a, uh, a strategic component of any enterprise uh, as opposed to just a cost center. Okay. Um, can, can you give us one example about you know, what SPSU is doing strategically in the IT field? Yes, um, one of the strategic asset classes involves uh, educational technologies where we make innovation, uh, we make innovative uh, decisions uh, based on process models that uh, essentially are use cases that come from faculty engagement in the classroom. We're looking for new uh, ways to support the model of instruction in the 21st century that is shifting the focus from teaching to the focus on learning. It's so important that students uh, become lifelong learners that the focus becomes on their learning and the role of the educator becomes that of a facilitator of knowledge where we provide the tools and enable uh, students the environments where they can do that. And uh, here at SPSU we just completed the construction of uh, our first classroom that is a collaborative model classroom that is based on the concept of BYOD that's complete Wi-Fi that allows for collaboration and sharing, has very sophisticated switching technologies so that classes can conduct themselves at a very rapid pace uh, while yet interacting with the internet uh, in multiple forms. And uh, providing that as, as a platform uh, for students to, um, to share and to, to learn and, and to collaborate and to really um, build on this idea of uh, you know, being lifelong learners and changing uh, the paradigm from just sitting in a classroom and getting a lecture to uh, actually taking the content out of the classroom and then while the time is spent in the classroom uh, doing so in innovative ways uh, that, that alter uh, really the state of pedagogy in higher education. So that's just one example of where we made a significant investment uh, in, in an innovative strategy that um, we'll see if it uh, pays off. If, of course, there's key item indicators that are associated with that um, particular project, and we'll look at the return on investment in a, in a multitude of ways. Yeah, actually, I had an opportunity because of you to have a preview of that class classroom. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And uh, just right now, I'm just thinking about how can we, you know, use better use of that available technology to, as you said, um, to, to facilitate student learning. Mm -hmm. um, you also mentioned about, uh, during the first two questions, you mentioned about idle framework. So um, the next question would be, uh, does SPSU currently rely on the idle, uh, on the IT uh, you know, function and processes? Uh, we do. In what degree? Uh, right, we do, and uh, it, it's a very, very large concept. 
Uh, in uh, May of 2007, uh, the EIDL framework went into version 3, where we, had, we saw a very strong focus on service management. And initially, it was a concept that was developed by the British government as a set of standards uh, for processes. And when you look at um, how you really build uh, an, a good, strong IT organization for the 21st century, um, the first phase of that development is really about the organization, being able to understand tiered support architectures, being able to understand the abstractions of the enterprise model and how those need to be accommodated. Um, various things like that that allow you to focus on positions and getting the right people into those positions. And once you accomplish that, then the overlay to this, which is really kind of the horizontal view of it, the, the cross-functional um, view, the matrixed view of the organization, is the overlay of frameworks like the EIDL framework that um, are about process. And when we start talking about various forms of um, service management, uh, every organization builds the EIDL framework differently um, based on their needs. Some uh, organizations need to have um, change management put in first, followed by capacity management, followed by release management, whereas another organization may find um, a, a very severe need for security management to be a priority. So how you implement these uh, is, is uh, strategic as well, based on the needs and the requirements of the organization and the pace at which you do it, the involvement of the cross-section of, of teams, cross-functional teams that compose um, the idle service management teams is strategic. Uh, and um, it, it takes a long time. So here at the university, we started the process about uh, almost two years ago now. And we felt like uh, our real need was for uh, security management and change management and release management and capacity management. So those four service management functions have been the focus over the past uh, year and a half or so that we've kicked off um, implementation of the EIDL framework. Full implementation of the EIDL framework in an organization this size um, easily can take three and a half, four, um, potentially even five years. And as uh, you get it fully in place and you, you begin to drive that model, um, the, the key item indicators that you see through quality assurance programs such as CMM or Six Sigma, any of the quality assurance measurements, um, we're in the process of setting a baseline now so we can begin to measure the impact of the EIDL framework as we implement it over the next three to five years. Yeah, also this part, uh, the beauty of the EIDL framework, they just set up a general framework but give enough flexibility right. to the organization to uh, figure out how to do the implementation, what fit their need best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is, that's one of the best features of it is that it's not rigid. It's very flexible mm -hmm. uh, and, and it works in multiple forms. I've seen many different implementations of it, uh, all of them um, successful. Yeah, also the class want to know how the IDO framework being used in the industry. Do you aware of any, you know, big companies they are using it or? Yes. Uh, it's, it's receiving um, a lot of adoption. If you look at uh, many of the Fortune 1000 companies, especially those uh, in uh, NASDAQ-related companies, um, the majority of them um, are, are using or implementing the EIDL framework. It's just simply something that works. Uh, it also has um, international implement, implement, uh, indications as well. Uh, when you have multinational companies um, assuring uh, international standards for things such as security, 
um, are achieved through uh, frameworks that work internationally like this as well. So it's, uh, you know, any um, report, if you look at uh, the, the adoption and growth of the EIDL framework, especially since around 2007, 2008, when the real focus shifted to that of a service management framework, uh, it's, uh, it's widely used. Uh, it's, it's an important benefit to students to know and understand um, what the EIDL framework is, how it works, uh, be able to participate in it in some form or fashion before they leave school, and uh, go into the workplace with uh, you know, a working knowledge of, of some sort of the EIDL framework and, and how it's positioned in the organization and how it's used and, and why it's important. Thank you, Dr. Kong. Uh, let's shift the gear a little bit to the uh, business value of IT. Um, you know, the student, uh, the student want to know what is the biggest uh, the challenge or an opportunity facing SPSU while you manage the IT to provide business value to, to the SPSU? Mm -hmm. Well, university settings are a little bit different than uh, normal corporations in that um, we have a, a, a clear definition between uh, administrative computing and academic computing. And they have two um, somewhat opposing goals. Uh, in academic computing, we like to have uh, environments where um, people can learn, they can explore, they can discover, they can break things. Uh, it's okay uh, to get in uh, and, and break something because that's how we learn. Um, when we break things and then we have to fix them, um, we, we learn from that. Uh, but when you're looking for an environment on the administrative side of the house where the, the stakeholders of those systems want a high degree of uptime, uh, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time they want the systems up and running, uh, very little tolerance for downtime or margin for error, and we have greater security needs and things like that. Uh, those are the, um, the challenges that you see in a university setting is achieving that balance of how do we still have uh, infrastructure that uh, supports learning and, and aids discovery and innovation and research, um, but at the same time uh, provides a very stable, consistent, and secure uh, platform for administrative computing as well. So both of those have business value. The business value is that our primary purpose here is for people to learn. It's, we, we focus on our students. Those are our primary stakeholders. Our primary investment in technology is for the benefit of our students. Um, while at the same time we have a whole lot of people built around that who support that infrastructure administratively, who rely on information technology to do their jobs on a daily basis as well. So achieving that balance, I would say, is, is one of the challenges for um, optimizing business value in a university. I think the university just kicked off the uh, academic research network. Yes. That one of the go to let the faculty do try and errors. You know, this, is that the kind of environment you're mentioning about? Yes, exactly. We just uh, opened uh, the Academic Research Network. Uh, again, another major investment in infrastructure here that is designed uh, just for testing and development and instruction and research. Uh, it's, uh, uh, the idea behind it is to have uh, a three-node wide area network that allows for distributed services so that Concepts like service management can be taught uh, on that type of realistic infrastructure. 
And uh, now with the uh, consolidation of the universities uh, with uh, Kennesaw State University, they have a high-performance computing center that will become yet a fourth node on that. So we're combining the power of that uh, HPC with the, the academic research network, and I think it's going to be a very nice uh, environment uh, for um, all of our students and faculty to uh, to do some pretty innovative uh, things in the future. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, since we already touched on the consolidation, we know SPSU is going to merge with uh, Kennesaw State. Um, I know there's a lot of uncertainties, but what as a CIO, what is your vision in terms of IT services for the new university? Mm -hmm. Pretty much the same. Uh, you know, I think the, that, uh, you know, Southern Poly is known for its technology. We're a polytechnic institute. We have engineering. We have computer science. We have uh, a lot of STEM education type uh, programs here. So naturally, uh, the rigor and the demands of an infrastructure, an IT infrastructure, to support that type of curriculum are going to be a lot higher than what you would see in a, a typical liberal arts or humanities type college. So I think we bring value to this equation um, with, with all of that. So my hope would be that we can take all of the good work that we've done here, the forward uh, thinking that we've had here, the innovation, the progress on our infrastructure, and begin to build that uh, into the new university, the new combined consolidated university, and uh, really look forward to uh, a very healthy uh, ecosystem, as we call it, uh, IT ecosystem that uh, will benefit um, the combined institution, uh, uh, just as it does here. So, what do you think? How how, how do you manage the you know in terms of service management at two different campuses about ten miles apart, and how do you handle all the you know IT infrastructure for this kind of mm -hmm. uh, structure? Well, the infrastructure piece of it is really uh, pretty easy in terms of connection. Uh, Peach uh, Net. Uh, is essentially uh, an ISP that is owned by the state. We have access to that, so there uh, is is not an issue with connectivity and bandwidth and uh, the ability to uh, electronically, digitally tie things together. So that's that's not where the uh, issue is. Uh, but I'll tell you um, one point that uh, is actually very helpful in terms of following uh, the IDLE framework is that uh, a best practice uh, within IDLE uh, is to have a single point of contact, which typically is the help desk. So in terms of beginning to merge the universities, that will be one of our first initiatives, um, aside from infrastructure planning and the, the merging of data systems and those types of things, but from an outward-facing customer service perspective on how people get things done and make requests, is to consolidate the help desk and begin to run out of a unified help desk model uh, it, it won't be without logistical challenges, but right. with uh, staff on both campuses um, and, and a unified help desk model, um, many organizations that have uh, you know large campuses like this or extended campuses um, work um, work very well with that. Okay, thank you. Uh, I think one our last question is about uh, your general perception about IT field. What do you think in the future uh, the uh, most uh, growing, uh, significant growth will occur in the IT field? And uh, what's your suggestion for the student to prepare for that? Mm, that's a great question. 
Um, I, as I see it, um, you can't go wrong if you uh, work in, in uh, principally a couple of different directions. One is uh, in the area of mobility. Uh, you know, people are wanting to have on-demand services uh, from the Internet. The, the World Wide Web has become the new point of convenience for society. Uh, you know, we don't um, do our shopping, uh, you know, the same way that we used to. Uh, all of those kind of things. And so there are certain expectations from society that uh, the web will begin to really perfect this concept of convenience and mobility. And we're starting to see that uh, in education as well. This is what we're seeing in online education where uh, people really want any time, any place um, learning. And the accommodating solution uh, to that is being able to compute on the device of your choice in an environment that is very mobile with ubiquity uh, on the web. And we're starting to see uh, the growth of digital cities. Um, you know, there's some nearly 200 digital cities in the United States now where um, uh, Wi-Fi is just a commodity. It's just like the, the lights and water. It's a, it's a commodity service that's provided out. Um, as you drive across the United States on, on Interstate 40, all of the rest, rest stops are Wi-Fi enabled now. So you see wow. everybody pulled in with their laptops open and doing computing. So it's become a very mobile computing society. So I think anything that deals with the infrastructure, the application side of things for mobility uh, is, is going to see a lot of growth going into the future. And then the other thing is, um, is data. Uh, anything surrounding the concept of big data, uh, you know, more and more organizations are realizing that uh, their, their strategic advantage and their real asset, their core asset is their data, what they can derive from their data. Uh, so we're seeing that in the form of business intelligence initiatives. Um, so anything in, in the storage industry, that's why we're seeing the growth of companies like EMC and Hitachi Data Systems and NetApp. Um, phenomenal growth in, in uh, data uh, storage area networks and the management of, of the physical data. Uh, and then uh, those types of systems that achieve business value through the, through the business intelligence or the data analytics and, uh, more importantly, uh, data visualization. We're moving in the direction of, of uh, more advanced data visualization systems that are taking larger um, volumes of data and interpreting them in new and different ways visually for people to see and understand the trends and the patterns and the behaviors of the data that are really driving uh, the, the business. The business drivers uh, you know, really need to work in concert with those trends and patterns and behaviors in the data. Many times they don't and that's why companies experience problems. Um, so I think, uh, you know, growth in the database field, uh, in the data field, the, the field of business intelligence, data analytics, data visualization, all really um, big stuff. Uh, and, and virtualization is probably part of that um, as well, too. We're seeing the, the growth of, of virtualized products and services as well. All right. So, student, you heard Dr. Kang. You know what to do. <laughs> um, I think we are out of time. Um, Thank you very much for your time to share your wisdom and insight with uh, sure. us. Sure. Happy to do so. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Thank you.